the blast from our past network. You don't seem to want to accept the fact that you're dealing with an expert in guerrilla warfare. With a man who's the best. With guns, with knives, with his bare hands. A man who's been trained to ignore pain. Ignore weather. To live off the land. To eat things and to make a billy goat puke. In Vietnam, his job was to dispose of enemy personnel. To kill. Period. Win by attrition. Well, Rambo was the best. Talking Back. Hey, everybody, welcome to Talking Back. This is the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and on this most joyous of days, I'm joined by co-host Dean. Dean, Merry Christmas to you. Glad tidings. Mm-hmm. Mistletoe. Oh, wow. Mistletoe, Tim. Cake. What's that disgusting okay. cake with like jelly? Fruit cake. Fruit cake. May you yeah, may you, your day be filled with joyous mouthfuls of fruit cake. Yeah, okay. Eggnog. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you too, Tim. Um, Thank you. I hope you also have some good eggnog and some gross fruitcake. I will not be touching fruitcake. I will most certainly be touching the nog. Oh, so good. Yes, uh, I would like to wish a Merry Christmas to all the listeners out there. Uh, If you have actually found time today to listen to Talking Back... We think that that is really cool. That's pretty cool. And if you're listening on Boxing Day or a couple days after, we hope you had a wonderful Christmas. If you're listening on Christmas Eve, then there's something wrong. Something has gone terribly (laughs) wrong. It's not possible. Or time zones. (laughs) Send us an email. (laughs) Talkbackpod at gmail.com. If you're listening to this on the 24th, because something is awry. Maybe you're a time traveler. It, hey, that'd be cool. True. That could be. Uh, and and if you are someone who received this episode as a gift for Christmas, if someone said "Merry Christmas," here's your gift, and shared this episode, uh, you are welcome here as well. I like that. I like that yeah. because I'm always saying "share a friend with your share a friend with your episode." I'm actually not saying that ever, but you know what I mean. Share a friend with your episode, yeah. everybody. Yeah. This one, even. What better time than Christmas right. to share the gift of a podcast episode? Right. And then any other time you want to do it, just do it. And if they're like, what is this shit? Then just be like, oh, whoops. Uh, that I meant to send that to someone else. I'm so embarrassed. Right. Right. But did you like it? <laughs> did you listen, though? Did you listen? Okay. Well, everybody, our we love doing Christmas episodes. And it just so happens that... Monday has lined up this year on Christmas, but we've got this thing here at Talking Back. Our Christmas special is over on Patreon. So if you want to uh, check out the real Christmas episode, it's over there. It's waiting there for you. It's a seven-day free trial over there right now anyway, so you can listen to it for free. That's where all the 
wild shenanigans happen. There'll be singing. There'll be eggnog. Yeah. The reindeer will come through the studio. We'll introduce Always. them to everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is Tim dresses up as Santa. I dress up as Santa. Um, yeah. I sit on his lap and, and ask him uh, what I want for Christmas. Right. He asks me what I want for Christmas. I tell him. That's right. And then I make it. Or then, then I have yeah. you make oh, yeah. it. Then you go and make it <laughs> and you get it. Right. Because I am one of the elves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we thought, hey, well, our um, episode has landed on Christmas Day. What should we do? And we thought, hey, let's poop on everyone's joyous day with a depressing <laughs> movie about the horrors of war. I ho- hope you enjoy it, everybody. Yeah. Uh, there is one little mini Christmas tree in this movie, and there is one little small banner that says Merry Christmas. This is a Christmas movie. So we nailed it. We nailed it. I'm just kidding about all that other stuff, though. Um, there is some heavy stuff in the movie, uh, but, you know, there's so much good good in this movie. And uh, you know you know what? Yeah. Some of the depressing stuff, it'll help balance your day out because you're probably feeling so joyous right now that you're actually <laughs> you're joyous happy. overloaded. You're probably thinking, right, man, yeah. I'm way too high with, with happiness. Yeah. I wish someone would come along and knock me off my pedestal just a little bit. So, hey. Yeah. For sure. We're here to do that. Yeah. And Tim, for the people mowing their lawn on Christmas oh, Day. Oh, I envy what them. What episode are we doing? I envy them. Yeah. So <laughs> for the lawnmowers who live in a warmer time zone, or warmer, warmer, warmer climate than we do, yeah. we are doing Rambo, a movie that hasn't hit the airwaves on Talking Back. Because yeah. you and I had basically had never seen it before. I watched no. it last year, which is that that's like super late bloomer. You're watching it now for the first time. So yeah, that, I've never seen it. That's why it didn't hit. But here it is. We're we're here now. This is our gift to you. Yeah. And Tim, we, you should clarify though, it is called First Blood. It's called Rambo First Blood. No, it's not. It's just called First Blood. Well, how does that work? That's what it's called. It's called First Blood. And then the second one, they throw the Rambo on. The second one, they're like, Rambo, First Blood Part 2. Okay. Well, that's uh, news to me, Dean. Yeah. I don't believe you, but that's fine. Well, <laughs> I can show you right now. I can pull it up on my phone. Do it. Do it then. Show me your phone. Okay. Dean's going to pull his phone out and show me. I got, well, I got to find just the I just feel I like in. I just feel like if you like go to Google, it's going to be Rambo colon First Blood. It's not just going to be first I blood. Think, I don't think. I think if you search for first blood, you're not going to land on this movie. I'll show you. I'll go to Google first. Blood. First blood. Here you go. It's first blood. First blood. But what is that? What app are you using? That's the movie we just watched. That's not an official poster or anything, though. That might just be something they created for that app. What app is that? This was just Google. That was Google. So I yeah, mean, I'll go into the app that I watched it on. Okay, now I'm going to Google. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody. Us searching <laughs> stuff on Google is normally something we only save for Patreon, but um, uh, we're going to give it to you. And guess it's what? Very special. Guess what I typed in when I went to Google? I typed in Google because I can't do two things at once. <laughs> so, what does that? What does that bring up if you do that? Oh, it just brings up Google. Okay. So I I pull it up and it's Rambo and then in brackets First Blood. But now there's a movie poster here and it just says First Blood. This is where I watched it on Paramount Plus. It just says First Blood, nothing else. I think you're right about this. You are right. Yeah. 
It's it's just called First Blood. The Rambo didn't come into play until number two, which is why this franchise is so strange. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm glad we figured this out because yeah. uh, now when I release the episode, I won't exactly. put Rambo yeah. on it. I'll just put First Blood. Exactly. Wow. That's really neat. Dean, that's, that's an eye-opening um, fact that you just brought to the table for me. I'm, You're welcome. Uh, Merry Christmas. I'm, I'm nothing short of absolutely and completely shocked by that. And I think the listeners are as well, Dean. I don't think they knew that. I, you know, I bet some of them did, and I think most of them didn't because they probably don't care. But I think some of them care. Happy, happy to bring that to the show. I can now take the rest of it off. I've contributed as much as I plan to. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dean, dip into that eggnog a bit early. Uh, Heck yeah. Kick your, uh, your shoes off. Put your elf slippers on and relax. Yes, of course. Yeah. You've done a tremendous job so far. So for the people on their lawnmowers, we're covering a little movie called First Blood, starring Sylvester Stallone. The original cut for this movie, Dean, was over three hours. Oh, my goodness. Honestly, I can't tell if I want it or don't want it. I think I'm on the fence because I like what we got and I wouldn't mind more. But also, I love the the tight one hour, 33 minutes. That's obviously a joyous and festive runtime. Yeah, it's so shocking that it was three hours and then it was cut down to an hour and a half. Like, this movie's an hour and a they half. They cut half the movie out. <laughs> it gets right into it right away. So it does feel like a longer movie because there's, like, not much setup. Yeah, so, right. like, by the time they're, like, deep, deep into the movie already, it's, like, 30 minutes in. You know, you still have a whole hour left, even though they're deep into it. So... I think the pacing really works. I think they did a really good oh, job yeah. with that with that hour and a half. But yeah, three hours would be interesting because like there's a lot of stuff to dig into in this movie. And this is the type of movie where I might just want to sit down there and watch this story for three hours. You know, I don't think it would drag or slow it down. I think it would actually be just be additional information that would, you know, help me watch and process. That, that would be interesting cut to watch. Yeah, I think the ending is so powerful that if you have an extra hour oh, yeah. and a half to build it up, it hits just that much harder. So... For for yeah. that reason, I'd I'd be interested to see what that was all about. But oh yeah, for sure. Now a quick synopsis: A veteran Green Beret is forced by a cruel sheriff and his deputies to flee into the mountains and wage an escalating one-man war against his pursuers. That's tight. That's a good synopsis. Released in 1982 with a budget of 15 million dollars. This movie grosses $125 million. That is great. Holy shit. Yeah. That's a lot for this movie. Yeah. And an R-rated like I, action thriller that's like not too heavy on the action. Like it is. There, there are points uh, that it does get heavy into the action, but it's not like, I guess it's not like the blockbustery action movie you think of. Uh, so that is like incredible to make that much money. Yeah, it's not heavy on guns and explosions, but there's yeah. like there's quite a bit of action. Yeah, there's yeah, there's quite a bit of chase. There's quite a bit of like suspense yeah. and like the thrillery type scenes. Uh yeah. That's that's awesome. That's that's quite the return. Yeah, so I was trying to think like how did this movie make so much? Like what is it about this movie yeah. that had it doing so well? I think at the core, it's the heart that the movie brings. Yeah. And like, man, 
did Stallone ever do a masterful job of conveying a really deep sadness in this character just with his eyes and his face, like his physical acting really, really good. Um, I read that he actually cut out a bunch of his lines because he thought it would be better for the character to be saying less. And then Mm. uh, I had read that in between the first and second viewing. And on the second viewing, man, there are definitely points where he should have been saying things if you knew that he had lines there and then he's, he's not, and it makes it so much more impactful yeah, I was totally thinking that through through this whole thing, that his silence was like speaking volumes. Totally. Yeah, I just like yeah. wholeheartedly buy him as a damaged person in this movie. Yeah. Um, you know, struggling to survive, being back from the war, not knowing his place, not really being accepted. Yeah, I just think the I think the entire movie could have just been about that. Like him coming back from the war, c- yeah. cut all of this action stuff out. I think you have a really good movie there, but then they throw in this unique layer of, oh, what if you pushed this guy too far and he snapped? What would happen then? And like, as it turns out, it's just, it's a ton of fun to watch what, what occurs, you know, because of that. But yeah, I think it's, uh, it's really, I think it's a really well-made movie. Yeah, totally. I think, I think you're right. That could be why they made so much money just because it's like a, it's a really good performance by him. It's a really good uh, story going on. Uh, I think people are, were probably reminded you had said this and compared it to the Rocky franchise when you were, you were talking with me, people probably remember Rocky. People love Rocky, you know, and that's him doing that thing. That's him doing his, his, like uh, his, his real person, you know, his, his sad person. That's uh you know, uh, making it through here. And I think he got Oscar nominated for that movie, you know, like, so a return to that, a return to that type of movie probably got the people out. Yep. I would have to agree with that. Now directed by Ted Kotcheff. He is Canadian. He worked as a director at the CBC for a while before moving to England to work at the BBC. And Ted is the man who brought us Weekend at Bernie's. Yeah, I uh, I looked that up after because I didn't know if I knew this guy. I didn't know if I'd seen any movies. Uh, shocked to see Weekend at Bernie's there. Yeah, definitely. A bit odd. Different, different movie. Different movie, indeed. Yeah. Now, the movie is starring Sylvester Stallone, Richard Crenna, and Brian Dennehy. And a small, like, bit part for a very young David Caruso. Yeah, it was awesome to see him there and like to see him kind of in the, you know, he's just like sort of behind someone. And when you first see him, he's just kind of like side on this in the scene. And I'm like, is that is that David Crusoe? You know, he's got he looks like him. And then as soon as he talks, you're like, oh, that is definitely David Crusoe. I know it is. Yeah. Now, cinematography by Andrew Laszlo. Now, the year before he did Rambo or sorry, the year before he did First Blood, he worked on Southern Comfort, Dean, a, a okay, movie with yeah. a very similar vibe to this. It's exactly what I was thinking when I was watching this, reminding me of Southern Comfort. And then I went down the path of what if Southern Comfort was a five movie franchise? Oh, wow. <laughs> because I was like, I was like, how did they make a five movie franchise out of this movie? How did this turn into an action franchise? I know, right? So then I thought of how absurd it would be if Southern Comfort had four more like action franchise type movies. That's that's a fun idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind investi- investigating that a bit further on the wrap up episode. 
We'll yeah, see. there's probably th- at least three of them out there. <laughs> we'll see if it may if that if that makes it to the wrap up. Yeah. But I'd be curious just okay. just to like whatever maybe come up with some come up with what that series might look like. But hey, there you go. Who knows? I could be all talk right now. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Music: Jerry Goldsmith, one of the heavyweights of film scores. Hey, uh, Dean, you ever heard of a little movie called Alien? I have. No? What about Star Trek: The Motion Picture? <laughs> Same no, year. I didn't see that either. Grem- have you heard of Gremlins? No. Uh, yeah. What about Total Recall, Dean? Have you heard of a little movie called Total Recall? Yeah, we covered no, it on the show. Eh? Um, have you heard of the show Star Trek Voyager? Because he did uh, he did the theme for Star Trek Voyager, wow. and he won an Emmy for it, Dean. Oh, that's have cool. Have you heard of Star Trek in general? I have heard of Star Trek in general, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've also heard of Emmys. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah, he, yeah. this guy's good. He's got some chops. He's a good. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So this movie starts out. We see a man walking down an old dirt road. This man is John Rambo. He walks over to a beautiful setting of a house beside a lake, and he's happy. He's smiling. He's yeah. pleased. He's looking for his friend, Delmore, who he served with in Vietnam. A lady tells him Delmore died of cancer last summer from the gases used in the war. And that news hits Rambo really hard. He's um, pretty devastated. He goes from happy to devastated, you know, pretty quick. Then he continues walking down the highway to a town named Hope, which I thought was so great because there's no hope for him here. Yeah, good point. What uh, What a great ironic town name here. We meet Sheriff Teasel, played by Brian Dennehy. Great yeah. job. Oh, He's yeah. just one of the guys that I hate him in everything. Yeah, and right. Yeah. If he ever does play a good character, I I hate him anyways because he's done so good right. at the bad yeah. characters that yeah. I just I'm suspicious of him always. Yeah, and he can go over the top bad when it's like required in that movie. This was not that. And I was kind of expecting it to be like seeing him there and then seeing, you know, action movie. As soon as I saw him on the screen, I'm like, Oh, this guy's going to be over the top. He, it, he wasn't over the top. He, it was like, he felt like a real character who like just was uh, angry at what was going on in the movie. <laughs> you know, he just, he did an excellent job fitting in with exactly what this movie needed. Yeah. The movie does a great job of just like having the small thing escalated um, until it just becomes outrageously yeah. huge. Um, it r- kind of yeah. reminds me of that game Katamari. Did you ever play that? You start off as like a little ball and you roll around and everything you roll over, no. you collect and you get bigger and bigger and okay. bigger. And you're just trying okay. to become the biggest ball of shit that there is. Right. I think it's called Katamari. That is that is this movie. But it's it's just like this, like the smallest thing yeah. happened and everything just gets blown out of proportion from there and becomes yeah. such a huge deal. Um and and you can tell like along the way people don't even want it to be happening like they yeah. want it to stop but it's already gone so far that they can't stop it yeah now the sheriff is saying hello to several people that he sees as he comes out of the police station i thought this was good because i immediately get small town vibe he knows he knows oh, yeah, everybody's sure. name yeah yeah then he sees john and doesn't recognize him so he stops him and he says, 
that wearing the U.S. flag on his jacket and looking the way he does is going to get him in trouble in this town. He says they don't want drifters in their town. And he gives John a ride all the way to just outside of town. I'm a big fan of this. Just like I'm a big fan because it makes me so mad. <laughs> I, know, I was just it's, so, it's so mad at this point. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why you just like hate him so much? You don't even know this guy. You just were like, he just wants something to eat. He told you he's just hungry yeah. and he just wants something to eat. And you drive him out to yeah, just past the outskirts of town. And all right, you can go now. You can get out of my car. It's like, come on, man. At, at least, at least drive him to a place to eat. If you don't want him eating in your town, which is awful. At least drive him to a place to eat. He tells him there's a restaurant 30 miles down the road. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah. Now, the thing is that John is really hungry. So when uh, the sheriff drives away, John, I like how he flips his collar up. He's like, yeah, I'm going to be disobedient. Because wasn't that the thing? I'm a bit older than you, but back when I was in like even like early, early school, like, you know, yeah, grade three-ish, you know, if someone had their collar up, they were mm. the cool kids. They they right. probably smoked. They probably had a knife on them and right. you wanted to stay away from them and you were jealous at how cool they were. They definitely had a leather jacket or a jean jacket. So that was like a badass thing to do. So when he flipped that yeah. collar up, that he was going full disobedient there. Yeah, totally. And then he, oh, he Tim, just... the time when kids had knives on them. <laughs> uh, quite the time. It would most likely be a switchblade. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he flips the collar up and then he just starts walking yeah. back to town. And yeah, he's about to be a rebel. I loved it. Now, the sheriff. He deserves some food. He deserves some food. He's just walking through the town. Like, this just made me so mad. I, oh, I totally. I love this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I love this whole vibe that it starts out with. Yeah, here. that's, of course, what they're trying to get across here is that he's being mistreated yeah. by this by the sheriff yeah. of this small town. Now, the sheriff sees him walking back, pulls back around, and grabs John. And John pulls back. So the sheriff places him under arrest and takes him back to the police station. Now, it's very apparent that John does not like to be pushed in any manner, and these police are pushing him very, very hard at the station. You can tell that they're they're yeah. used to mistreating people, and he's no different. They are, you know, they're not being very nice, to say the least. And this causes John to start having flashbacks of being captured and tortured in the war. Yeah. They want to clean John up so that he can see a judge the next morning. So the sheriff's friend hits John with a baton and then hoses him down with a fire hose. Then they choke him with the baton so they can shave him. And John has more flashbacks. And then he finally snaps. Yeah. And he like beats up the three cops in the room with him in the basement. Um, I appreciated the fighting. It was all pretty realistic. Like they're not trying to convey John as maybe the super heroish character we get later in the franchise. He's just a soldier here, but because of what he did in the war, he's going to know how to handle himself. So, you know, he's like, he, whatever he's, he's, he's punching, he's kicking, he's like throwing guys over his shoulder. He sends a couple guys through windows 
he's like eye gouging at one point. Um, yeah, so I, I appreciated that fight sequence. It was believable that he could make his way from the basement uh, upstairs and then out and kind of get past about six, you know, officers in his way. Yeah, what what struck me about that scene that I really liked is I was never really sure if he was just going to get caught again. You know, if it was just like an effort to escape, but there's too many of them because he was fighting them off. But, you know, they kept coming uh, up to him and like kind of grabbing him. And I, I was expecting just one guy to get a hold of him and then another guy to get a hold of him and then just to bring him back in, beat him a couple more times, you know, and that would have been it. It would just be like a valiant effort. Uh, so that's what I really appreciated about it. It did feel very real. Like he, he did just kind of fight his way out of there and they were very like realistic fights yep so on his way out he grabs his very large knife that they took away from him and then he runs out the for hunting it's for hunting he runs out the door for hunting he grabs a motorbike uh from this dude and then he takes off yeah and i just i just love that we went straight from running out of the police station to on the bike boom now we're now we're in like a a chase basically on from a motorbike i just thought that was like a really great transition i'm like all of a sudden i'm in another scene and another thing but it just went straight into it yeah that was great you're you're right about that um so he's racing down the highway the sheriff is is behind him in the car uh really really good sequence here this motorbike Great. car chase scene. I'm not a lover of yeah. car chase scenes. This was excellent. Uh, they end up going off-roading into the forest. John is able to get away when the sheriff can't keep his uh, car on the road because the conditions get so yeah. bad. But then even John loses control shortly after that. And um, yeah, it was. I just thought this whole sequence was a lot of fun. They were smashing yeah. the shit out of that police car. Like it was taking jumps and going over boulders and I was just cringing because I'm like, this is going to be the one that completely destroys that car. And then it just kept going. Like they must have had it like reinforced underneath or something, but really great jumps and, and stunts with that. Yeah, very good scene. Again, very realistic, this chase. Uh, that's what uh, it's kind of the theme so far about the movie. Every every one of these action seems, uh, scenes does seem very realistic. The motorcycle stuff, is, it feels like it's going so fast. Like whoever's doing the stunts, like I, both, I think, between uh, Stallone and whoever is on the stunts when they're pulled back a bit, it's just flying down the street and doing, yeah, like just great maneuvers in and out of traffic. It's it's uh, it's very exciting scene for sure. Yeah, because it's just a dirt bike, right? So it, yeah. it, everything feels more dangerous on it, you know? Totally. High pitch, yeah. like, totally. That's what dirt bikes are. Your listeners like. just, just, just hoping for that to end and it just never was ending. <laughs> well, no, because there was like different levels to it, right? Of course. Like oh, there yeah, was like, I'm going, it had I'm going through a puddle. Yeah. Now I'm going around a turn. Yeah. Now there's a bit of a straightaway, yeah. but now I have to slow down. But now I can speed up again yeah. and now I have to slow down again. But now here's a real big uh, straightaway. Yeah, I heard one of those times you had jumped over the railroad tracks. <laughs> I heard that in there. <laughs> Wrong. There were no railroad tracks. Oh, no. okay. Shoot, Sorry. shoot. Um, yeah, with the car, with the cop car, there were so many yeah. <laughs> so many jumps where I was waiting for the trope of like the car jumps and smashes and then the hood flies up. 
<laughs> and right, like, yeah, totally. Smoke starts yeah. coming out because that always happens. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know why, but those damned faulty hood locks of the cars yeah. from the '80s. Someone, you know, someone needed to do something about that, and I think they did. So, congratulations to yeah. whoever fixed that problem. Yeah, this police car had a very secure hood. Very secure. Maybe they had it bungee cabled down already. Maybe it already happened to them uh, like a couple weeks before. No way, man. Nobody runs from these guys. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. No one runs. They're badass. Yeah, they're no badass. It did feel like no one has ever run from them before. Oh, yeah, for It sure. did feel like this was very personal to them that someone ran it away. It was very personal, yeah. Yeah. Now, in the forest, John finds an old shack and a rundown truck, and he starts grabbing a few things that he sees that he thinks he can use, and he makes a t-shirt from a tarp and becomes Tarp Man. He yes, Tim. He does become Tarp Man, and I like Tarp Man. You like Tarp Man? Yeah, I do. He looked pretty cool. I just thought like he was I, doing it for warmth, and then it started yeah. raining, and that that tarp was just soaked, and I just felt like he's yeah. probably colder than if he wasn't wearing that wet tarp. Maybe true. Yeah, maybe true. I but it would like it would not it would like whisk off the water, right? Like so he wouldn't be wet. He might not be getting wet. Yeah. It, the tarp seemed like the type of material that might absorb water though, but maybe not. Yeah. Maybe. It, I mean, it looked yeah. like it was soaked. It was for me it was a good look because uh yeah, for for me it was like him as soon as he made that, I was like, okay, he's willing to be here for a while. <laughs> he's not just trying to yeah. like run out of these woods. I'm like, okay, he's settling in here. He's made himself some woods clothes. Uh he's gonna he yeah, he's gonna set up camp. I like what you're saying. I would consider this his soft dig in. And I think his, yeah. his oh, yeah. hardcore <laughs> dig in is coming up shortly. Yeah. This is his soft dig in. Definitely. Yeah, this is just testing the water. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wear this tarp because I feel like a dig yeah. in, a real dig in might be coming. But we'll see. I mean, yes. I don't need to dig in, but just in case, I've got I've tarp got first. This tarp. Yeah, tarp is step one. Yeah. <laughs> I really noticed here with um, Stallone just kind of like grabbing these supplies. He did a really good job of portraying someone who, at this moment, has realized he got himself into a really bad situation. He mm. okay, he yeah. was like, I noticed him making some whimpering sounds, like almost mm, like, what have yeah. I done? Like, I didn't want to do that. But now when he finds himself here, all he can do is go with what he knows. So, you know, yeah, and I like what that. he knows is just how to survive. So that's, that's yeah. what he's going into survival mode here. But I kind of felt like this was the moment where he accepted what he had done and accepted that that is possibly just going to have huge repercussions, but he can't stop it. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like that read a lot. I like that that is in the movie because like if you if you trace it back not too long ago, this is just because a guy wouldn't let him eat in his town. So like like all the who's right and who's wrong aside like obviously we think it's awful that he wouldn't let him eat in his town but if either one of these guys just steps down at any point just like puts their pride aside yeah. and just steps down at any point this doesn't happen right so i like that even though he's obviously been mistreated this entire movie i like that him getting to this point of like ah well this is like this has gone way too far already and it's just going to keep going mm -hmm. Now, backup has arrived for the sheriff in the form of officers, civilians, and dogs. Now, they've already mentioned in the movie how bad John smells. 
So these dogs are definitely right. an unfair advantage. Yeah. They're going to totally. have no problem yeah. fighting him. Yeah. And that's true. John gets cornered at the edge of a cliff and decides to start scaling down the face of the cliff. Yeah. This is wow. great. It's great. Now, while, I, like, while I'm watching him scale down, all I can think of is like, he probably learned that because he was probably scaling up some sort of a mountain in the war right. to like yeah. go and get somebody. Yeah. And it just it excited me a little bit that he was like, okay, that yeah. He's going to like climb a mountain and go and get somebody. Yeah. You would have liked to see the climb up mission. Right. I wanted to see, see what yeah. that was all this about. Is the, yeah. This is the climb down. <laughs> down. I'm yeah. like in defend mode and I'm trying to escape, but I, I yeah. kind of want yeah. the climb up. And I, I feel like. Right. We might get the climb up in the next movie. Oh, I should probably. say I, I don't. I don't think yeah. I've seen any of the other movies. I have. Not. I think I've seen yeah. like pieces of some of them, but I have not sat down okay. and watched any of those movies. I'm very excited for that. Yeah, I know two or three was on TV, and I watched like 15 minutes one day. Yeah, but like that's it. I just have like one visual in my head of like one scene that happened out of one of those movies. Yeah. Now a helicopter shows up. And John almost falls as he's trying to hide from the chopper. But the chopper sees him and they start shooting. John is forced to make a jump for a pine tree that's like 50 feet below him. That's his only escape. He's probably up maybe like 150, maybe 200. And he jumps down maybe 50 because he wants yep. to hit the branches and smash through the branches to break his fall, which probably would work and would, would probably hurt as much as <laughs> he made it look like it hurt. And like, sure. he'd probably take the that- damage that he took. But I do believe that that probably like is, is a chance to save your life because those pine trees have so many branches, right? I've yep. actually been... Um, a sidebar, I've been really high up in a pine tree before. I used to just okay. like to yeah, climb yeah, yeah. things and trees in, in yeah. particular. I was almost to the top of a pine tree and I lost my footing and started to fall. Okay. And wow. I made it maybe two feet and I hit another branch and I was fine. Right. I was just yeah. standing there. I was yeah. fine. I was like, holy shit, I'm never climbing a tree again. I climbed down and I was like, yep. I just, I just about died up there. But there's so wow. many branches. Totally. Yeah. And that's what I loved about this part when he's like eyeing up that tree and eyeing up that jump. Like, yeah, I know that those those branches are so close together. So it's going to break. It's going to slow down his fall to the ground, but he's going to hit every one yeah. of those branches. Like, especially that first one, he's hitting with a lot of impact. And that's what they showed. They showed him hitting these huge branches because like if the tree is big enough, then the branches are going to be absolutely huge. So he's hitting these huge branches on his way down and they are making an impact. So just again, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm glad that this was the choice to jump from the cliff onto this tree. But I'm also glad that they showed us that it was no no easy business. You know, this was this was definitely going to hurt him. Now the chopper heads closer to the ground to search for him. I loved this shot. John's hiding behind a tree and you've got the chopper to the left of the tree looking for him. And then he kind of shifts to the, to the side. And then the chopper moves to the other side of the tree and we have them both in view. This was a gorgeous shot. Yeah, for sure. And like, we got to say this chopper guy just getting trigger happy and shooting at him like this is not this is not the orders to shoot 
this guy. Um, so it just like this chopper just comes into view and it's just like this guy just wants to wants to gun him down right away. So, again, it's just like escalating the, you know, whatever prejudice this these people have against this this guy is just it's showing in all of them. You know, it's not just this the sheriff, you know, it's showing in everyone. Yeah. The guy shooting is like the sheriff's like best friend. He's kind of like the number yeah. two guy. And yeah. he was the guy with the baton who was beating John and who yeah. is very um, hurt now that John escaped his clutches and yes, is, is very, very happy to want to shoot him. When John um, ran out of the police station earlier, this guy came out and was going to shoot like at a crowd of people yes. just because John was in yeah. it. And the sheriff actually had to hit his gun up out of the way and it did fire. Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing? You can't shoot out in public like this. But they're so bloodthirsty that he was going to he was going to risk killing an innocent person just to get John. Yeah. Now, John grabs a rock and he throws it at the chopper and it somehow makes that guy, Baton Boy, fall out. And he's about 30 feet up. He falls down, lands on some rocks and he's dead. And yeah, uh, yeah, John takes his rifle and some other gear. So um, pretty realistic looking effects here. Like after John gets some stuff, he's like sewing his arm up from yeah. a gash from the tree. This looked really, really good for um, 82, I would say. It was like very impressive yeah. effects. For sure. The sewing looks real. Um, it looks like he's really sewing up his arm. Um and I like the sort of accidental death here um, because, you know, he's being he's being chased by the helicopter. He throws a rock at the helicopter and it hits, it breaks the windshield. And then the helicopter like pilot just like jerks the jerks the controls because now his windshield's all messed up. And so the guy just falls out. He falls. So it's like obviously not his fault that that guy fell out. He didn't even hit the guy with the rock. He hit the helicopter and the jerking motion made the guy fall out. So I like now that on, you know, the, the police side, they're like, okay, he killed one of our guys. Now, now we're for sure going to get him. You can't believe he killed one of our guys. And from his side, it's like, he didn't do anything. He hasn't even done anything. He's just like running away and throwing a rock at this helicopter. He, you know, he just like, what is that? And they're shooting at him with guns and he threw a rock at a helicopter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he realizes that at this point. Like, the, the police are still up on a cliff. Yeah. And he's yeah. down on the ground. He comes out with his hands up and he's like, um, he's trying to surrender. He's, he says, like, yeah. I didn't do anything wrong. Like, I can we just end this? I haven't even done anything. But obviously they're, you know, they've seen their guy. They've seen the chopper. go. I don't think they know that their oh, guy's yeah. dead yet. But no, they just see, they him, see on him on the ground. So they yeah. know like he, he's been injured or something. But um, yeah. they start shooting at John. Like it, yeah. it, their response is to shoot at him. So he knows now this is life or death. And this yeah. is where I think he does his hard digging because like it's, yeah. it's very obvious he's like at war with these um, these people. So. Yeah, there's there's one thing where he's running away from them and he's in the woods and he's hiding and stuff. But it's another thing when he's standing there in the middle, you know, they all have they're all up on a on a little bit of a cliff and he's standing there in the, in the wide open space and he has his hands in his air, in the air saying like I haven't done anything, I'm surrendering and they shoot at him. You know, that's okay. Now he knows to survive, he knows what he has to do and that's to dig in now and dig into this this forest. Mm-hmm. Now, the police learn John was a Green Beret and a war hero. They run his name through the computer, and that, that it took a while, but that came up. 
So the sheriff was wrong about him. Sheriff just thought he was like a, a no good nobody doing nothing good for no one. Um, but the sheriff's friend is dead. So he's obviously not going to let this go. Yeah, for sure. Now they're able to find John using the dogs once again. And this is bad news for them, not John. Yeah. Um, good scene here in the forest, basically with John hunting them. They think they're hunting him yeah. and he's hunting them. Totally. John kills the dogs. He shoots one of the men. I will just say he's not killing anybody. He's just injuring people. No. He killed the dogs, but yeah. he shoots one of the... He shoots for the... Go, go ahead. Go ahead. He shoots for the legs, and he also has, like, his knife when he jumps out on a couple people. And again, it's, like, leg leg cuts that he's delivering. He's not killing anyone with any of these blows. Yeah. Yeah, he, he shoots one of them. He cuts, uh, cuts a couple. He jumps out of the tree and just, like, punches out one of them. Um, yeah. He gets in front of a guy so that another guy will see him and shoot at him. And then he quickly moves out of the way and the guy behind him gets shot. That was a neat one. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And again, in the arm, like they could have made that even that that guy was dead on the tree, but that guy only got shot in the arm. But yeah, that was a, that was a neat one. And like a lot of these situations when he's popping out, he's just like in the shot. He's just actually hiding and covered in like leaves. And I don't see him there until he pops out. It's like really cool. Yeah. Well, his tarp is like brown and then he actually has... Uh, tree branches like attached to the back of him so he can just lie down on yeah. his like face and he looks like a, a bush yeah it's good shit man it's good shit now he gets another guy in a trap with like sharpened sticks that slam into this guy's stomach oh this yeah. guy i'm not oh, so shit, sure yeah. he's gonna make it though this was a bad I one. I know, that's true. Yeah, he's got a lot of holes in him. He's trying to get out. He's not really be he's not really able to get out of this like trap that's been just like, yeah, a bunch of bunch of sticks that have been sharpened in his basically stomach and his arms it looks like cuz he's just stuck there. Yeah, I don't know how much you know about stomachs, but I'm quite certain you're not able to take a lot of large puncture wounds to your stomach. Okay, okay. And survive. Definitely not 2 to 3 very large puncture wounds. Right, giant. Yeah. Okay, so that guy might be dead. Maybe. Now, after all that, the only guy left is the sheriff. John pops out of the trees, puts a knife to his throat, and says, I could have killed them all. I could have killed you. In town, you're the law. Out here, it's me. Don't push it, or I'll give you a war you won't believe. Let it go. Uh, and then he takes back, uh, takes off back into the forest. So, I believe him. Oh, yeah. I would have... Agreed with him and uh, went about my business. Yeah. <laughs> Pretended like, like nothing happened. Uh, I got we... back to the police station to do uh, some yeah. paperwork. I think I got a couple tickets I wrote up earlier that I have to process. I wouldn't mind just uh, sitting at the desk and doing that for a little bit. Yeah. What a day. Woo. Yeah. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> that what was, time is it? Uh, uh, one one o'clock. It's time. <laughs> I think we time to call it a day. It's an yeah. early day today, everybody. Yeah. Short day. Yeah. Yeah. Take tomorrow. Obviously, off obviously, this guy is going to keep on fucking coming, but this is like very convincing. This is one of those times where somebody says back off to someone in a movie. It happens a lot where someone has the person and they're like, back off. And I'm not shocked that that other person keeps on coming. This one, I would say I'm shocked. Like, he, this is obvious that he completely 
He's just alone in the woods and he completely like took out the entire team here and he had the sheriff knife to his throat saying, I could have killed you. I would have could have killed everyone. Just back off this. This would get me to back off. That's for sure. Yeah, I think it's all about ego with the sheriff because for sure. Yeah, like it's not even about the law and laws being broken because he already presented to us that that doesn't matter to him because he almost like. He arrested John for for almost nothing. Like, really, it was him who... He, like, grabbed John. He kind of assaulted John first. John just pulled away. And then, like, step by step by step, nothing, like, law-appropriate was going on. They were abusing him as a prisoner, this and that and the other. So it's not about you have to go down because you killed one of my buddies. It's all ego for him. It's like, I'm not letting you escape because I don't let people escape. For sure. The state police show up now, as well as the National Guard, the news, and Colonel Troutman. And Troutman says he was the one that trained John, and he's come to claim him. He says he's not there to save John from them. He's there to save them from John. I love it. Now, we we kind of already know that, but it was great to see this like superior figure in the army come in and just be like, just confirm like what we're thinking and have, have like our voice talking now to the sheriff saying like, dude, you do need to let it go or you will be killed. This is, he's not joking. This is for real. Like he's like a wild animal. Yeah. And how do you think Sheriff ego is going to take that? How do you think someone who's already like, so proud and has this big ego is going to take, hey, I am here to save you and these 200 men from him who's hiding in the forest. Yeah. He doesn't take it Didn't well. take it well. Didn't take it well. Yeah. Troutman lays it on really thick about how capable John is out in nature, like out in yeah. the forest, and uh, that his sole task in Vietnam was to kill, and he was <laughs> the best at it. So yeah, uh, yeah really good building up of uh, John's character. For sure, yeah. Now, John has one of the police radios, so they have Troutman call John. Now, why did Troutman fuck with him here? Do you know what I'm talking about? Because he, like... I do. He goes on the radio, and he puts out a call for John or any of his other squad members... I know. ...to respond. And it's all the squad members from the war... So what's he trying to like make John think he's back in the war and that he should respond to him? But then really quickly, they kind of like are talking about present day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It was really weird. I just, I just didn't quite get this. I don't, I don't know why you like, maybe he's just trying to like snap John out of like a, a mindless blur or something like that. Like maybe he was, John was so focused on, what he was doing that nothing coming over the radio signals would catch his attention. Maybe it needed to be like this militaristic, um, you know, using call signs and stuff like that to like get his attention. It just seemed really weird though, to me. I agree. So, uh, the only thing I could think of is like this colonel doesn't really know what happened or what's going on. All he knows is that 
you know, his Green Beret is out there in the forest and that, you know, there's this big situation and there has to be all these people here for this situation. So I wonder if it was like his feeler just to see if like John is have is feels like he's still in the war, if he's playing out a scenario in the war or something. And like that response maybe would have, if he was playing along with it, that response would have told him that he's kind of snapped. Um, but maybe because the response wasn't like that, he was like, okay, you know, he's, it's just something else that's happened. Maybe it was like his feeler or something. Yeah, that's a good point. I could see that working, yeah. Yeah. Now, they get a lock on Rambo because of that radio signal, and they send a team of, like, maybe 40 National Guard in after him. John leads them to an abandoned mine, and this is a pretty funny part because yeah. like, this is what we, we talked a little bit about in Southern Comfort, is the National Guard, they have, you know... There is some full-time National Guard, but the majority of the National Guard are just part-timers. Like, they'll just come in on the weekend and help out. They're, yeah. they're like, civilians. So that's yeah. what we got here. The leader was a full-timer and, like, into it. And the, his, his whole crew here, <laughs> they're just civilians. So they kind of go up. They start shooting <laughs> at John. John unloads back on them. And they're like, oh, holy shit, he's got a gun. And then... <laughs> Like the leader's like, hey, you, buddy, you go over, walk up to the front and check it out. And he's like, I'm not doing that. Yeah. I'm not going <laughs> over there. And then they, all the other guys, I'm not doing that either. Like, wow, I'm not, that's, that's wild. I'm not going to go risk my life. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was pretty funny. So. I thought it was great, um, especially like when we figured out what the National Guard was. Uh, like, I didn't know what it was uh, when we first were talking about it. So now, like knowing what the National Guard is, this made this scene like so much more funny that, yeah, these they're just civilians that are, hel- you know, helping out. And so, yeah, when the fire was coming back at them, they were just like, no, I'm just going to lie down here. Like that guy shot back at us. I'm just going to lie down and stay here. Yeah. So the leader calls out for the guy who's got the rocket launcher and he comes right. over. Hey, who's got the rocket launcher? Which one of you, which one of you guys has a rocket launcher? That was pretty funny. Too. That guy was so excited to use it though. He comes over. Oh yeah. Shoots, shoots the front of the mine and like blows up the, the shaft and it's all rubble now. Yeah. And, um, you know, John's kind of stuck in there. He has to find another way out. But I thought it was really funny that a little bit later, they're all taking pictures like the national guard yeah. are all in front of the blown up mine and they're taking pictures. Like they're just so proud of themselves for yeah. <laughs> blowing the front entrance up. Like, I guess they think they got him, but he's, they thought they he's got him. Fine. They thought he's buried in the rubble. Yeah. But just, they're so proud of themselves <laughs> for doing yeah. it. Oh yeah. That would go straight on Instagram. Um, if, if that was now, you know, it'd be, Oh, get a pic. Let's get this. Let's get this online. Yeah. Oh, the sheriff comes up and he's just like, Oh fuck. Great. Yeah. It's like now we have, to, this... we have to dig our way in there, basically. It's like we have to we have to get in there, you know, so you guys yeah. start digging, idiots. But the sheriff the sheriff does think he's dead. And the sheriff is quite angry here. And I think that's the a- ego again. He wanted to kill him. You know, he hated him so much. He wanted to kill him. He didn't want them to the, the National Guard to kill him. He told them to wait. He said, nobody fire in there. Nobody go in there till I get there. You know, he wanted to be the one to do it. So uh, I, I think, yeah, that plays into his ego some more here. Yeah, there were some cool shots inside the the mine shaft of, oh, yeah. of John just like looking for a way out in the yeah. dark, but with a torch. Yes. Man, they even take a moment to show him putting more material on his torch. Great. I loved that. Yeah. It's completely unnecessary. 
Yeah. Ha- they didn't show us. They, I don't think they showed him making the torch, did they? I think they. I yeah, think, they did. Did they? Yeah. Okay. So he makes it. That's even great. He could have just lit a yeah. torch up and that would have been fine. They show him making it. And then it's starting to like dim out a little bit. So he adds more material on. It makes it so much more realistic. I just, I loved that attention to detail that they would do that. Yep. This, uh, everything in this mine was fantastic. There's like a bunch of rats attacking him at, at one point, but like, just like on it, cause they had gone on his back and he didn't notice they were on his back. So they started to like bite him. And so you'd had to like bite them off, uh, the making of the torch. There's one part where he like falls down a ladder and he's got like the torch with him. And the torch kind of touches his arm. And then he like is feels like, like he's burnt on his arm. Like he goes to like grab his arm and it all looks so real. It looked yeah. like he fell down this ladder and he just kept playing. And maybe he did like that's Stallone's thing is to like make the make the hits look real, make the hurts look real. Yeah. Um, so maybe he fell here as he was going down this ladder and he's like, just keep going with it. Keep keep the scene going. And I think he might have burnt his arm there. Probably. Yeah. So John is able to make his way out and then he finds a National Guard transport truck driving by that he jumps on and takes control of and uses to escape from the forest and head back into town. Damn. This was a nice twist. I, For some reason, I thought we were going to be in the forest kind of the rest of the time. Yeah, true. So I was happy that, you know, he's pulling this maneuver. Yeah, yeah. And I was just so happy at this point because of everyone's so pumped that they got him. Everyone thinks he's dead. Everyone's yeah. done with it. We did it. We won. And it's like, yes, get out of that cave and get back somewhere. We want to. We want these guys to know that they failed. Yeah. Now I've been calling him John up to this point. This is yeah. where I'll start calling him Rambo because okay. he finally looks like Rambo. He yeah. has his headband on. He's in yeah. a tank top and he's walking around with an M60 machine gun. Yes. Which wow. I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to be walking around with. It's supposed, Don't think that's what it's for. I'm pretty sure it's like a placement gun where you just put it, you've got like little um, little legs for it and you put it down and you like, yeah. you shoot it that way because it's too big to carry and shoot. Well, and you have to like feed it a like string of bullets. Right. So yeah. <laughs> like when he's shooting it, he's like he's feeding holding through, this yeah. massive gun in one hand and then his other arm, his other hand is feeding it the bullets. And it's yeah, it doesn't look like that's the way you're supposed to use it. No, it looks fucking awesome though. Yeah. Probably probably two guys use it, honestly. Probably one of them shooting and one of them's feeding it bullets. And he's got it he's got it both handled and he doesn't even need the, it's stationary. Yeah. So Rambo blows up a gas station and every car in the parking lot. Then he blows up a hydro pole, taking out power to the area. Then he shoots up a department store. Then he blows up a hunting shop. And I'm just having all sorts of fun now. Yeah, he's taking he's taking the whole town out here. Yeah, this was a really nice tonal shift um, of you know him yeah. like on the defensive in the forest, and now being on the offensive here in town. Like he, yeah. this is just a full out, like a full frontal assault by John Rambo. 
Yeah, and it, he's just creating chaos so that he can kind of slip through where he wants to. So he like that's what he's when he's blowing up a building, when he's blowing up the gas station, when he's blowing up, when he's setting off all the uh, all the explosives and all the bullets in the gun shop. It's just so people's attention are drawn to those places so he can like get somewhere else. And he, same with the lights. He's taken out all the lights in all the shops in, in this uh, sort of downtown area of the small town. And uh, yeah, it's just so as soon as he takes out the lights, then he just hits the road running like he's starting to run and get to where he wants to go so yeah it was very very much his playground now he was taking full control of this space yeah and another thing i really liked was that like after the first explosion i think the sheriff got on like the loudspeaker and was telling everybody to leave like leave the area so the majority of the time that we spend in this town it's completely empty and it just provided this really really interesting vibe of like, how come there's no one around? It just felt like yeah. it was. I felt like a, a ghost town, and he's. It was really. It, it was. It was cool. It felt like really like cat and mouse ish between him and the sheriff, where the sheriff is is there, trying to like find John, and John's there trying to find the sheriff, and yeah, like you said, John's just making explosions, as misdirection, and um, yeah, you know, John is able to notice that the sheriff is up on the police station. And John kind of like makes his way over there and inside and, you know, like shoots, shoots the place up and then shoots up uh, the sheriff. Yeah. Yeah. And another another reason why it's good that there's no one around anywhere. um, It allows him just to do these things, you know, to blow up buildings and stuff, because like he's not out to hurt any like civilians or anything. So knowing that everybody's gone, he's able to do these things and get into where the sheriff is. And then the sheriff's, yeah, the sheriff's definitely shooting at him um, with the, with the higher ground. He's shooting at him like through a skylight. Uh, But if you miss, if you miss once, uh, John Rambo is going to get you. And so he shoots him up through the floor. Yeah. Um, like John hasn't overtly killed anybody in this movie yet. Yeah. Now, like we've talked about the guy who got the sticks in the stomach. That's, that's probably a bad call by John, but, um, he's not trying to hurt people. Right. He's just trying to make a point of like, leave me alone. You know, kind of like a cat, you know, uh, stuck in a corner or something like that. Like it's going to fight back if you, if you, you know, try, if you corner it and he got cornered. Yeah. Especially to the point where. Like the whole town was out like searching for him in the woods. You know, there's a lot of people out there trying to get him. So coming back and just like destroying all their stuff uh, seems like it's uh, totally fine. Yeah, it was somehow very pleasing watching him just destroy stuff. Like when when he when he was shooting up the police station, I was actually I was thinking how much time it's going to take the uh, officers to clean that all up. For and sure. I was like, this yeah. is great. They're going to be yeah. picking glass up for so long. It's going to take them so long to get back on their feet. And they're going to be out of commission for weeks and weeks and weeks. And yeah. I think that's why John was doing it, too. He's just mad, sure. he's just mad at them. And he's like, I'm, I'm going to fuck yeah. your shit up because you messed yeah, with cause, me. Because this is a small town. So, like, everything he's messing up is these people who are chasing him have to deal with. They have to clean it up after. Um, so, like, yeah, just destroying this police station... It's all these police workers that are going to have to clean it up. If you destroy some of these buildings, it's, it's yeah, it's the government, the local government who is probably chasing you that is going to have to clean this up. Uh, so it really makes this type of vandalism that he's doing, like, hit, that he's doing it to just like, okay, well, fine, well, fuck you, you know, I blow up your gas station then. 
Yes, exactly. Uh, so the sheriff has been shot, but he's not dead. Yeah. Rambo's standing over him with the gun. I don't know if he was going to do it or not. I don't know if he was gonna, actually going to finish him or not. Yeah. But Troutman comes in. And now is when the town fills back up with police cars. There's like 40, yeah. 40 police yeah. cars in the streets, lights everywhere, police everywhere. Now, Troutman's trying to talk Rambo down, but it's not working. And this is one of these like memorable movie scenes that you probably will never forget after seeing. Yeah. This is definitely the, the, the scene that sticks out the most for me in this movie. Uh, Thanks, you know, mostly I would say to the performance of of Sylvester Stallone, which, you know, Incredible. I think he takes a lot of flack for some of the roles that he does. But when he needs to turn on the drama, uh, especially early in his career, he was absolutely able to do it. Yeah. And Troutman is screaming at him that this mission is over. Rambo screams, nothing is over. You don't just turn it off. And he goes on uh, into a rant about nobody understanding what he went through in the war. He says, over there, I could fly a gunship, drive a tank. He was in charge of million-dollar equipment. Back here, he can't even keep a job parking cars. Rambo sits on the ground and says, over there, he had so many friends. Back here, there's no one. He tells a story of his friend being killed in the war that is not safe for us to share on Christmas Day. But Troutman walks over, kneels down beside Rambo, and Rambo starts hugging him and crying into his chest. This is just like, yeah. man, this got me. This part got me here. Totally, man. This is, uh, this is incredible. Incredible scene. Uh, this is the point that my wife walked in while I was watching the movie she had just come home. She sat down for this final part and just was like, asked me like, is, is this movie really good? <laughs> like, this is all she saw. It was this amazing, incredible emotional scene. And I was like, yeah, it was really, really good. Um, it's, it's such a great moving speech. He's like, there's so much pain um, in, in his story. The story is such a good, like, well, it's, it's a horrible story, but like the way he's telling it is just so, so emotional. Yeah. Um, you just feel it. You feel like he was there. Um, it just, they really get it across. And yeah, this, this really hits you. This kind of just ties up the whole movie here. Yeah. It it hits really hard, man. You just, he's so emotional. Like, oh my goodness. He just went to another place. It's incredible. You know, yeah, it also so- ties. It also ties like right at the beginning together here because like like you said at the beginning he's kind of walking down the road and he kind of looks happy and he he's like you know he doesn't look like he does this rest of this movie and but then when he goes to his friend's house and like finds out that that guy who was with him in the war died after from things that happened after like he's probably like me and this guy got out we were the ones to get out everyone else died and this guy still didn't make it out this guy still died after and that's when his face just sunk so he's dealing with this as he's not allowed to eat in a town and it's just all this stuff at once you know coming hitting him so hard and and this speech at the end you just feel it coming out for the first time kind of all of that all of those emotions coming out yeah definitely so we then see Rambo walking out the door with Troutman and the end. Yeah. And I did want, I wanted to say like basically the same thing that you just said um, about how the opening and the ending of the movie are just perfect bookends. 
Yeah. He, he's so happy at the beginning. It's this beautiful, beautiful start. He's off to see his friend from the war at this beautiful lake location. And yeah. by the end, he's so broken down. He's walking through the street towards, you know, these 40 police cars. He's in big trouble. And he's just, he's busted inside. He's just yeah. busted. So it, it's really, really powerful movie making, in my opinion. Um, yeah. I, it just, it gets you, it really gets you on your repeat viewing when you notice yeah. how happy he is at the beginning. For, yeah, the first for time sure. you see it, you don't, you forget about that. When you go back to it, you're like, wow, you know, he's got a big smile on his face. He smiles that one time. As soon as he learns that his friend died, he's done. It's it's sadness and, you know, just pain the rest of the movie. And yeah. man, fuck, did Stallone do a great job. Yeah. I think another thing that plays really well on repeat viewing is the colonel's character because on first viewing at least for me i've seen enough like spy type movies where the person trying to bring them in is actually trying to trick them right um that that this is really this character is really great he just really cares for this guy he just really cares for this guy that was part of his crew and so the colonel just being like this the only friend basically that john has out there and sticking that the whole time and then walking out with him at the end just really powerful stuff i, I really loved that i really loved his character and that that didn't waver yeah, so what I like about him is that when we first meet him, he says, like, I'm, I created John. I'm responsible for bringing him in. Yeah. And I think what we get out of him through the movie is he's, he's learning the emotional side of John. He's learning yeah. that what he created in John is, like, has created a, a deep pain in John. And it's almost ruined yeah. John. Like, it's almost, it's destroyed his humanity in a way. And... I think Troutman slowly learns that through the diff the various situations in the movie until he gets to the end when he realizes like, shit, John just needs like someone to understand. He needs someone to yeah. understand what he's going through. And John pours his heart out to him. And Troutman is like, I'm not going to tell this guy, you know, another time that he needs to stop what he's doing. He just gets down on his knees and like, lets John hug him. And that's yeah. what John needed to like end everything is he needed someone to listen. He needed to say it. He needed to like get it out. He needed people to understand. So that's what I love about the Troutman character is he's able to facilitate that, um, that emotional outlet and, you know, ha have Troutman just learn, learn throughout the movie, like what's going on with John. Yeah. yeah so really definitely. cool. I I'm, I'm super excited to see more. I can't yeah. wait to see how the fuck. John gets out of all this trouble in the yes. next movie. Like this yeah. is, this is you're going to prison forever. This is like for sure. 10 yeah. life sentences for what you've done, but they're going to get him he out. Destroyed a small town. <laughs> they're going to get him out. The Troutman's going to get him out for some reason. There's yeah. going to be some big mission that they exactly. need him for. Yeah. And yeah. they're, this is just me like uh, hypothesizing, but they're probably going to yeah. say like, Hey, if you do this, we'll like clear your record and all that jazz. But I'm very excited to get to the next one. I also, from what I've heard, the next movie is apparently very, very good. Like, I think Rambo 3 oh, okay. falls off a bit. I think that's maybe where okay. some of the goofy Rambo yeah. vibes come in. But I, if I'm remembering correctly, I think number two is a very solid movie. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm interested in that. 
Cool. Yeah, I, I'm interested too. I'm interested to see how they turn it into a franchise in the first place. Um, and yeah, how what we're going to do. I have the same idea as you, Tim. I think there is a a mission that they need him for. Something that only, you know, he's a specialist in and he'll be able to do and only he can do. Um, they'll probably start to build up that uh, superhero thing a bit, you know, like only yeah, you can course. complete this mission. Um, but I think that's how he's getting out. But yeah, I'm, I'm also excited to dig into some more here. Well, the funnest stuff in this movie was when he was blowing the shit out of that town with an an M60. It so was. That's sure. what they lean into in the franchise. Yeah. They're like, let's just make it that fun aspect. I think they took, yeah. they probably take the heart out, um, yeah. which is why it becomes maybe a bit goofier of a franchise, but that's okay. Um, you know, they just yeah. wanted to make money, but whatever. Uh, I thought this movie, movie was a gem. This is great. Gem. Agreed. Great movie. All right. Well... Once again, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thanks for listening. Merry Christmas. Hope that uh, somehow brightened your day up in some strange way. Yeah, right. Just hearing our voices, maybe that brightens your day up. Yeah. Like I said, there was a small Christmas tree that you could see in the background <laughs> of some shots. So yeah. it was very merry movie. Yeah. <laughs> if anybody wants more motorbike noises, hit us up. <laughs> hit us up on social media. I'll throw those in for you. Um, we'll see how many requests you get for that. Oh, there'll be zero. Absolutely zero. For sure. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, please support our show. There's lots of ways to do it. I won't get into any of that, though, because it's Christmas. Dean, thank you for joining. Thank you, Tim. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a Merry Christmas, and we'll catch you next time. I'm John, and I'm the host of Action Action. Every week, I'm joined by James. hey And Dustin. Hello. And each week, we review, debate, and rank a different action movie. We're creating the ultimate list of action movies. From awful to awesome. So if you want to hear three more white guys with beards talk about action movies. And argue about where they belong on our list. And decide you hate us because we made fun of your favorite movie. Join us every Tuesday, and you can find us on your favorite podcatcher. And Steven Seagal mm. is a joke. <laughs>